Welcome to the Non-Breaking Space Show. From Austin, Texas, I'm the Internet's Christopher Schmidt. On today's show, we welcome back Gina Bolton and Micah Gottbold. Both Gina and Micah have been doing some great work with design systems, and I thought it'd be a great idea to get both of them on the show at the same time and talk with them about what design systems are, tools for creating design systems, and what they think the direction of design systems are taking us. Before we get started, some things I'd like you to know. Make plans for CSS DevConf 2017. Grab your tickets now and learn from Chris Coyer, Wes Boss, Mina Markham, Harry Roberts, Estelle Weil, and many, many more, and New Orleans. Tickets are on sale at cssdevconf.com. The UX Design Newsletter is a weekly list of articles, tutorials, and inspiration handpicked by yours truly. Sign up at uxdesignnewsletter.com and have the best links of the week sent to your email. Speaking of email, set it and forget it, the non-breaking space show newsletter. Whenever we have a new show ready, it gets delivered right to your inbox. Sign up at newsletter.nonbreakingspace.tv. Find show notes and links discussed in today's episode at nonbreakingspace.tv. And be sure to follow me on Twitter at Teleject, T-E-L-E-J-E-C-T. As always, thank you for telling others about not bringing space. Now, on with the show. Thanks for being on the show. Again, uh, you guys have been on the show before. Um, and uh, so, really appreciate you coming back. And I thought, like, you know, you guys, uh, both of you are have are working in the space of design systems. And I thought it'd be great uh, just to, one, to get you guys talking. <laughs> together and see what you guys think about design systems. Uh, you know, just maybe just a quick rehash of, of what they are, just in case people who are listening don't know what, what they are. And um, just, and then maybe just convert that into like, what's the state of design systems uh, these days in terms of, of what they are. So, uh, so, uh, so Gina, would you uh, just care to elaborate? Like, what is a design system? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> there are a lot of different definitions people seem to have these days. Like, um, you know, at, at the basic um, core of what it is, it's, you know, thinking through a design in a systemic way and applying that uh, systemically. But in the context of today's software design and product design, it mm. kind of has come to mean an entire, like, ecosystem of tools and services and people to systemize that design. So it's kind of a bigger thing now um, than it used to be. Um, Most commonly, people think of style guides, pattern libraries, uh, CSS frameworks. Um, Yeah, uh, in my worldview, I even look at things like, um, you know, voice and tone and brand and all that as part of a design system too, even though some companies don't include that in theirs. But it's really, it comes down to what you need for your company and how... um, your your team works, so it, your design system might be very different from somebody else's. Right. So like so so design system like like an art deliverable or an artifact of 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 a design system could be like like it could be several things, right? Because uh, uh, it could be uh, like a like a style guide, which is pretty common in print world, uh, mm-hmm. which which I have some background in. So and then so you come up with a style guide, and so um, and one of the things that was problem with style guides, people write style guides and then. I've written, I've written them for clients and they just go nowhere. Like the minute you write them, no one pays attention to them. And so I think it's so a design systems, you know, you actually like, 
you can build on like a pattern lab, right? I guess in pattern lab, we've, we've talked to, uh, you know, um, the people who, who built uh, Power Lab, just like David, Dave, uh, yeah. and Dave Olson, uh, yeah. like who've, uh, and so, so, so a design system could be something you built upon Pattern Lab. Is that accurate? Is that like? It, it could be, yeah. Um, you know, like when I look at the NASA graphics standards that was really popular on Kickstarter, right. um, that's a design system to me still. But okay, yeah. in, in the context of, you know, tech and product and software, um, Typically, it's something that's using tooling. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and then, and then I just want to throw this in there because it's like it was it was really popular for it is still very popular. I, I enjoy the concept is like uh, style tiles, right? So style tiles mm-hmm. is more like a kind of fraction view of what a design system could be because it's it's really it's like a tool to get clients to agree on a direction. But like now with design systems and pattern labs, you could actually just set up really quickly and easy. Easily in theory, you know, but uh, I haven't made many myself, so I don't. So you can tell me how how hard how hard or easy they are to set up, uh, like a, a visual uh, proof that's like a prototype, and that's like one of the things mm-hmm. that's really great about uh, Pattern Lab, and that's one of the things that Brett Frost and, and Dave also kind of mentions, like you know you, and also um, you know Sparkbox with Ben Callahan, he talks about just making sure you get a, a prototype up and running as fast mm-hmm. as possible within the browser. Uh, pretty good is that so um is that fair estimates or like fair um thinking what a design system is part of this with the say like the the style tiles and and what's kind of neat is that as design systems have grown evolved over the years we've changed the different type of deliverables we're able to use to represent them Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, style tiles i mean kind of one of the earliest ones is an interesting kind of um, snapshot in, in the history of, of design systems and that, um, you know, in, in the end, it's still a design that we're trying to um, sell. It's a, like, here's a, a collection of visuals and aesthetics and colors and shapes. Um, and oftentimes uh, you need to, you know, get buy-in from the, the people that are actually paying you to do said system. Um, and so Style Tiles gives you kind of a, a great opportunity to kind of create a snapshot of that system. Right. Um, oftentimes before it even gets anywhere close to code. Um, but again, like there's, there's all this, this big spectrum of all these different tools from something very kind of static and, um, um, you know, not super concrete. I mean, these, these might not even be anywhere close to the finished product in the style tile. Um, you might even have like a, a collage of just imagery that's just grabbed from other places that you might use for something like that. <clears throat> but in general, as, yeah, as time moves on, you get, definitely much higher fidelity to the point where you're actually getting things into code as soon as possible and then continue to build on that until you have, uh, you know, much more, much uh, more fidelic. Is that even a word? Uh, better <laughs> fidelity. It is now. Uh, yeah. It is now. We just put it in the annals. <clears throat> yeah. That, that's the name of my new album. That way. Fidelic. <laughs> like, and so, and I, like, I've seen this like, uh, you know, uh, you know, design systems are now like being adopted by by companies, and so I don't know if you want to, mm-hmm. if you could talk about your, your work at uh, at Salesforce, Force, Gina, in terms of getting a design system in place. Like, like, can you talk about the history of of, of that <laughs> at all? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so I um, was already working at Salesforce for a smaller um, product called Do, um, and I was trying to do design systems and style guides there. And then I discovered there was a team um, in the core product team um, 
working on a style guide. And the style guide was focused on the Salesforce One mobile application. And, you know, it was getting a lot of traction because it was a very beautifully made style guide. And it definitely caught my eye. And so, um, you know, transferred over to that team. And as exciting and beautiful as that uh, style guide was, I discovered that it actually wasn't really put to use. Mm -hmm. And part of that was, you know, there were a lot of different factors. Like part of it was just, it, you know, it was a great guide to inspire designers, but engineers weren't even using the same code. Um, They weren't applying it into, um, they weren't using the same markup. They weren't like, everything was just not the same. Mm -hmm. And so um, we realized we needed to kind of take it a little bit further than just that style guide. And then design tokens were sort of um, an initial like piece of the lightning design system as it is now that um, we started working on then. And if you're not familiar with uh, design tokens, it's basically how you can scale your visual design across multiple devices and platforms. Mm. Uh, Most commonly they're used as like SAS variables, Mm. um, but you can also use them as like um, information in uh, JSON or uh, XML, so you can apply it to other like native platforms um, and generate swatches and like all that fun stuff. So we were working on building out that system, and then we actually encouraged the designers to spec their designs using token names instead of value names mm-hmm. or uh, values. I mean, and then we got that process in place. That was good. Uh, devs were using the tokens in their code, so everybody's speaking the same language. Mm-hmm. But it still needed um, to be a little bit more. And so, um, you know, pitched the idea of a CSS framework, hired Stephanie Ruiz, who's amazing. And we, you know, kind of just started building out the CSS framework. And the thinking was actually that we were going to use it on the design team to rapidly prototype with. Right. And then release it to the open source community that are building their own apps for the Salesforce ecosystem. Mm-hmm. And then maybe one day this might actually work in our product. Totally did not work out that way at all. It got all flipped around because people started using it in product um, by copy and pasting the code. And we were like, oh, okay, people are already using this. We need to find a better way than to have them just copy and pasting our code. And so we kind of flipped the model around and focused on our engineers first and then our open source community. And now we're like focusing back on the designers again. So it's kind of come a long way. And, um, you know, I'm skipping a whole bunch of history, but yeah. that's basically the gist of, of how it got up and going. Right. I mean, and you, and you've, you've, you've scaled a lot of like time <laughs> in terms of technology and stuff. Cause, cause, um, yeah. can you talk about like what a design token, uh, you talk about like, it, it being a form of a JSON, um, uh, uh, file or a SAS variable. Can you talk about what in a design system, like what type of things get, can get stored and mm-hmm. passed and where's it go? Like, like where's it go to from and where's it go to and what's yeah, in a absolutely. JSON file? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so if you think about CSS, it can be anything behind the colon. So it can be colors, sizing. It could be um, even like animation durations, um, I think we we even have some media queries stored as tokens, like which I guess technically aren't really behind the colon, <laughs> but yeah, you know what I mean. But um, yeah, we store um, just name and value pairs, and then through that we can apply those name and value pairs um, to multiple devices, platforms, technology stacks, and so on. 
And um, the way we do it is, so the design team um, that I'm on, we uh, we maintain a, 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 we moved from JSON to YAML because it's still designer, more designer friendly. So uh-huh. we store all our name and value pairs. We categorize them. We can pass in other data, like what CSS properties it's allowed to be used on and then, uh, whether or not it's deprecated. And, <clears throat> and we can like do a lot of testing and tooling around this. And then um, basically the build process that I'm not 100% knowledgeable about, but we have an open source tool that does this, but it generates um, files from there. So it's like SAS, LESS, Stylus, JSON, XML, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, style guide, uh, the page of tokens are generated from that too. And then when uh, the engineers are using it, they just pull in the version of the tokens they need, whether it's XML or SAS, or uh, we have our own proprietary format called Lightning. So um, it's, yeah, just awesome. Because, <laughs> you know, like we use, we use uh, accessibility tooling to tell us if our colors aren't contrasted enough. Right. And if we found out there was a color that needed to be updated, you used to have to notify the, uh, you know, iOS team, the Android team, the web team. But now we can just control it all on, on our end, which is kind of nice. Right. So, like, do you get, like, a warning when you generate it on your end? Like, you, you're building out a design system? Um, or, like, or is it... Or is it someone says like, oh, by the way, uh, they they get notified on their end, and then I think we have tooling. I think we have tooling on both sides. Okay, um, just in case something passes, you know slips through, then they get notified too. Okay, and so if, if if I'm someone working on some product in the middle of like you know like different office entirely, or like no, like not as mean anything, but you know I could be like next door, I could be like you know half a world away, uh, and do do I get notified of a con color issue or when, when I build it, build it out, or do I, or, and, and what is my action item? Like, like do, do I get notified? Or do I, do, um, you, do, you, do you get sent an email automatically, or, or, is, email, <laughs> or is email like, is it Somebody Snapchat? comes over and slaps their hands. <laughs> it's, it's Snapchat. Yeah, yeah we, we send Simon after them. No, um, <laughs> but yeah, so accessibility is a requirement in the code base, and if a test goes, um, and checks like a color and it doesn't pass, hmm. they actually cannot check that code in right, um, right. on their end. Oh, and nice. then on our our side, you know, we try to avoid it even coming to that in the first place right. by, um, you know, making sure our design tokens are all valid okay. um, before it even gets to that point. Oh, but, nice. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. So like, so you have to build for, so you have checks for on, your, on your end and they have checks before they yeah. can come. Okay. Awesome. That's awesome. So, so Micah, like, like uh, you know, you work at, Microsoft and uh, what's your history with 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 design systems? Oh, it goes definitely back beyond that. Um, yeah. I spent about three years prior to that working with Red Hat. I, th- I think we actually oh, nice. had a show kind of talking about it um, and building out a, a, a system for them. That's it's was interesting because it was, it was very much more a it was it was a static site with just you know how do we share our marketing information? How do we share our, you know, the information that we need to write in the CMS and get that to display um, to the users? So real static, real simple, um, you know, lots of just basic templates that how can we take <clears throat> input of data and render it out into um, you know, a page for people to read, nice and simple. Um, but then after I left there and, and came over to Microsoft last year, um, I, 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 was, I was forced to tackle the one thing that I just, I'd always pushed off was, 
we don't really do a lot of JavaScript in the Red Hat work we did. You know, right. there's there was a couple, you know, click here to open this or click here to change a tab or like super basic UI kind of things. But right. there's really no no built-in ways to connect things, to connect data, connect values from here to there, change something here and to change somewhere else. <clears throat> And that's something that um, I had to tackle really head on when I came into Microsoft because we were, you know, we weren't building marketing sites for Microsoft. We were building applications, you know, applications where you drag content around, where you, you know, check boxes and click something, where you're doing drop downs and type aheads and all those types of things that, you know, it's, it's a world of JavaScript to need to do that. So it was a huge transition. And, and probably the, the biggest difference in those two systems is that one was very um, agnostic of how it was built. It was just you know, some twig templates that could really be rendered in PHP or Node or really anything that could handle those templates. Um, to uh, when we're working at Microsoft, it was is is 100% React is the direction mm-hmm. we decided to go with it. Um, because we, we realized that it's kind of going back to this, the question of what is a design system? Um, for us, it was not just the look and feel of the um, of the components. You know, how did the button look, but also how did the button behave. Um, we just had a, an instance email came across today about someone was asking. We've got um, <clears throat> we've got our pivots or our tabs that typically um, when you keyboard to them, like if you tab 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 to the to the um, uh, to the tabs or to these pivots. Um, the way that we have it set up for accessibility is that you can then use the mouse, keyboard, left or right arrows to, to move through those items within that tab selection. Um, and the user specifically was asking, hey, how can I change that so that you tab through all of them? And, and the response was basically, well, that's not, you know, that that's not how our system works. Like our users expect a certain thing. So it, it's really interesting that this just came up today because it's demonstrating how, um, uh, in, in this case, actually, the, I believe they've uh, this people that are asking us have really reskinned the the components. So they're literally not even asking for us to provide them with something, how something to look. No we're one. providing them with a code of how to build it. Oh, nice. And in doing so, we're trying to make sure that um, that we've given the components that make things function the same. Mm-hmm. So if you are in um, Say if you're an Outlook for the web and you're keyboarding around um, using mouse, tab, whatever combination you're using, you're going to have the exact same experience as this other application. And um, creating things with an actual with a JavaScript framework layer underneath it allows us to actually create that kind of consistency that is really, for one, really difficult to explain without right. JavaScript, mm-hmm. um, and then obviously very difficult to expect someone to implement and to implement consistently uh, if you just go, here's what we want it to do, and here's how it should look, go do it. Mm-hmm. So um, it's it's kind of interesting, again, kind of that whole spectrum of, you know, you can have a bunch of flat comps to say this is what a button looks like. Mm-hmm. You can have HTML and CSS to say, hey, this is how, this is the code that we want to represent the button. Right. Or you can move a step forward and say, here here's the, JavaScript framework that will render your button and mm. tie the click handlers to other things inside of your application. Mm. And um, yeah, for us, moving kind of that next level of it has been a, a really interesting learning experience, to say the least. Right. So, so like Gina, like you said, like it sounds like this is a kind of a behavior uh, design system, sort of like because he's building mm-hmm. different components, and he's not even talking about design. Well, like you know, <laughs> but yeah, it's just like, which is a great. You now I have a design visual design background. So I'm like, what? Design systems, whatever. But yeah, so that's that's awesome. So, uh, so I didn't. So it just kind of blows my mind that like now you're like, it, it sounds like you know 
it's a design system is a is a way of just not just the visual components of it, you know, in terms in terms of, of, of building it, but it's also, you know, it sounds like Micah is is you're you're just building out you know functionality, right, mm-hmm. for a whole different suite of programs that might not even be existed yet. Like not maybe like next week someone comes up with an idea and it's like, oh, I have this idea for this program. Uh, how can I? What's the Microsoft or our company way of doing things? So, yeah, I mean, because the idea is we have, uh, we actually had, had built a couple months ago here in Seattle, and I spent um, a good bit of time in the booth. And it was funny, the amount of Microsoft developers that came up and talked to us, because it, it was a fabric booth, and told us about some random side project of tapping into some AI thing or whatever. And then they have all this data, and they want to display it and allow people to interact with the data and, and, and do things with it. And how they're like, oh, yeah, I found Fabric, and it was awesome. And I was just able to quickly spin up this application to um, to work with it. And um, and people that we'd never talked to, people that we'd never like marketed it towards, but being a, being a tool within the organization, it was easy for them to pick up and use. Um, but then obviously, even for the uh, more importantly for for applications that we're going to release and actually, you know, charge somebody money for, be able to have a. Um, I, I kind of keep coming back to the, our list component, and the lists are kind of at the, the heart and soul of what really. I'm sure Gina the same. But we we create lots of lists. We have lots of data, and we need to create lists of it. And it could be ten long, it could be thousands long, and you need to select them, and you need to reorganize them, and sort them. And there's so much that happens inside a list. And if you expect every single group that works with web technology to create their own list mm. and figure out, oh, how do we do virtualizing for our list? How do we do selections for our list? What's keyboard um, navigation for the list? If you expect everyone to do that, mm. they're all going to do it very differently. Um, and if you, you know, if you find a bug um, that's in all of them, now you have to go fix them in all of them. Um, so having a single place where we have a list component and you can, there's literally no stylings. And actually I've, I've gotten random email complaints of like, Hey, I built this thing with the list and it doesn't look like yours. I'm like, yeah, it, it's because that's, that's our demo. Our example has all those extra styles <laughs> thrown in list literally like it's just containers right. to render things inside of, um, you know, all the magic happens around it. Um, so, um, yeah, it's yeah, it's just really. It, it doesn't assume a lot about what goes inside of it. it just gives you all that functionality that you always need every time you want to make a list of something. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, so there's kind of a combination. There's a lot of stuff in Fabric that is very design specific. Like this is how a button should look. This is how a dropdown should look. This is how this experience should look. Mm-hmm. These are the paddings and margins and all those kind of things. You know, but in the same respect, if you need to strip all that off and just have the same functionality. Um, all of that's there and, and available as well. Okay. Um, which gets us to the theming, which we're trying to get to really soon. Because um, it, it's you never want people just going in and, and hacking at the markup and the uh, and the built-in class names in there because that just that's uh, just uh, causes trouble. Okay, cool. And then um, you know I'm not I'm not a React expert, but like so so components you could just like say hey here's a component uh, and that's like you no know, because because I want to get at in terms of passing JSON files. So basically you're just, are you just distributing components or, or, or you already have a repo and people can go back and forth and pull directly from. Uh, yeah, there's, from- there's one thing. Sure. Yeah. There's one single repo um, that they're all published inside of. Okay. Um, and then um, with JavaScript just has really great tooling around uh, whether it's ESX modules or uh, required JS um, or um, third one of, I'm forgetting um, that you're really AMD. Uh, really quickly able to say, hey, I want that one component pulled out of there. 
<clears throat> and if it's a button, the crazy thing is uh, everyone talks about the million dollar button because it's so true. We spend so much time on this button because it's so much more than just a single button um, because our button now has a drop down. Our button can be a split button with a button and a drop down, um, you know, with, with multiple tab regions. It's just kind of crazy. So um, a button is, is typically way more than just a single component. It actually uses other components in the system. So with using a module based system, you're able to say, hey, I want, you know, I want the primary button. And the primary button says, oh, cool, all right, I can give you the primary button. Here's these other three components you need to be able to render that button as well. And whatever component that is, um, uh, the module system allows you to do that. So you can, you can pull the pieces out that you want, and then we can automatically say, oh, you're going to need these as well inside your shopping bag if you're going to pull those out. But it keeps people from having to download the entire framework um, just to get that single button. All right, cool. Well, I mean, just talking about the examples from Salesforce and and Microsoft and and, and Red Hat, uh, it sounds like I, I think it's a easy sale. I mean, sell so like I know it took a, took a while to get to this point. Obviously, on you know, for both sides uh, for for everyone, but like, but I think it's an easy sell in terms of like, hey, we have like a living design, uh, the, the, you know, design style. Uh, how how beneficial would it be for a small company or or one person um, tooling, tooling up a website uh, or spinning up a website, and um, what kind of assets and uh, could could one person use, uh, or one what small team could use? Gina. Uh, yeah, I think um, it's totally beneficial for small companies and individuals. And I've I've been a design team of two or three. I've also been the only person <laughs> uh, doing design and you're still going to need resources and assets and you still want to work in a maintainable and consistent way. Mm -hmm. And so you might not build out something that is uh, as big as lightning or fabric, but you could still build something that works for you. Um, there's a lot of cool design tools out right now that help with this. Um, lots of, <laughs> I feel like every week there's a new tool being released. <laughs> Um, you know, if you're using design tools, um, I really like um, what I've been seeing in Figma. It's got a really interesting way to store components and be able to change properties of those components as you um, use them. Um, and what I saw abstract release uh, just like last week in beta, I think, was part of the week before, um, looks pretty good too. So lots of design tools, lots of open source tools for the coding side of things. Like I think it's a lot easier now um, to get started because there's so many tools. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, now that I'm saying that, I realize it's probably overwhelming right now to get started because there's so many tools. <laughs> but um, yeah, lots of um, lo lots of people are sharing their their toys, which is really nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, what would you say like is a good if someone's looking out there, like, what would you, you know, like, what would you say is like a like good trademarks or you know smell tests, if you will, for a good a design style tool like out there? Um, yeah, I would I would say um, like if if it has a concept of um, grouping things into components, mm -hmm. um, you know, my maybe it's a symbol, um, maybe it's a, an actual component. Um, that's like the biggest one. Um, if you can't have a repeatable object that you can alter, you know, like 
I'm thinking of, like in Photoshop, you might think, oh, well, smart object would work. Well, if you change the text in that smart object, it's actually changing that text everywhere. Um, tools like Sketch and Figma, like then you can actually change out the text. You can change how wide the button is and so on. Um, so that's good. I also like tools that, um, um, you know, Sketch I think is great because you can extend it and do a lot of collaboration through it. There's so many plugins out there that you can use with it. And um, I tinkered around a little bit with Adobe's experience design. And um, when I saw it and played around with it, I was like, I wish this existed when I designed using design tools. <laughs> same thing, I had the same reaction with Figma because I, I kind of just design in the browser now. So. Okay. Um, but the, there's, there's a lot of really great tools out right now. Yeah, we actually use Exper um, Adobe XD in, at Microsoft, mostly because at Microsoft there are a lot of PC users <laughs> and Sketch, unfortunately, has not made the jump yet. <laughs> um, but for us, Sketch has been actually, or sorry, X XD has been really quite good. I think Adobe is doing a good job basically burning everything to the ground and they, they started from scratch. I mean, literally there, there wasn't a lot of features when it started out because they're like, what do we need to do to actually build out, a, create a tool for design system creation. Mm. Um, and from, I think the first time I saw like, you, you know, create a, um, like a, you know, a media widget or whatever with an image and some text and then, Oh, Hey, now you can repeat it by just dragging. And that like, as you continue to drag, it just repeats them. And then you can grab a set of images from a folder on your desktop and drop it in. And each image goes into each one of the media objects. Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, sold. I mean, they, <laughs> they definitely are thinking of, of ways. How can you quickly prototype these ideas um, from multiple items and, mm -hmm. and, and uh, with the end goal in mind of, of some kind of interface inside of an application? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's very early days. They're taking lots of feedback, which is really great to see. Um, I think there might even be like maybe support for something similar to tokens in the future. Cause I know that's a, a big desire mm -hmm. of ours on Microsoft is, mm -hmm. you know, we don't want to use colors anymore. We really want to use color names so that we don't have to keep going. All right. That's that hex color, which maps over to that name, which needs to go over here. And it's just, it's a lot of, a lot of brain work to possibly get wrong <laughs> many, many times. All right. All right. Cool. So uh, this, I, I don't like asking this question a lot at conferences. Cause I feel like, but I feel like you guys are, you guys are, super qualified and you won't let us stray. Uh, but uh, what do you guys see for the future of uh, design systems? Gina, I'll, you can start first. <laughs> let, me, let me look into my crystal ball here. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, um, it's, there's just, it's just like amazing how incredible the energy is right now around design systems. And as I mentioned, tools are coming out constantly. Um, it's it's really hard to say like i i i know there's been like jokes but you know ai designed tools and resources like mm -hmm. you know if we build systems out to be smart enough <laughs> you can just have a screen design itself maybe <laughs> but that's kind of i know very sci-fi but well, like, i think it's so sci-fi because you can actually say like self-driving car and no one's going to think you're crazy because we actually yeah, have companies exactly. spending money. And so uh, it's not that far off that you think like self-driving, you know, design <laughs> systems, you know, you know? Yeah. But like um, the part of the reason I love design systems is the people part of it. And so I'm really hoping this drives uh, product cultures to be better just through better design systems, better processes, better, um, everything <laughs> right. Right. So, 
So Micah, I'm going to ask, ask you, sure. what's the future? Yeah, I think um, immediate future, I think there's kind of the like, you know, what's in the next six months, couple of years, and what's what's way out. Um, I, I feel strongly that um, moving into kind of that next phase of, you know, we've, we've got visuals down tight. Like we, we know how to put something on the page and make it look the same from an application to another. Um, but moving on to, into interaction, um, which is specifically why I'm talking about at CSS DevConf, is uh, I think that's the next step because there's so much um, energy spent and trying to recreate all of those interactions, um, especially when you have an organization like Microsoft that is, you know, we are still a good, you know, bit of silos going on. We've got, you know, application teams that are building an application from, you know, from top to bottom. Um, if every single one of those teams is having to recreate a lot of that functionality. It's just, it's a ton of um, uh, misspent energy. Uh, and I, I think we're seeing that the value proposition of that is huge, even if it does mean that, you know, we all need to come together on a single um, uh, JavaScript platform. Um, but also, also what I think this means is that, and I, at least I hope, is that the future of web components um, might actually solve some of these things as well. Now, web components are, are nowhere near there at the moment. There's a, a lot of work and growth to do. But if we could get to the point where instead of having to go to React to build out our new button with a little dropdown, if we can actually just make a new web component, and then ship this new web component um, along with our design system, then you can drop it into whatever JavaScript framework that you want to, because all that's encapsulated in some kind of web standard type of uh, in type of application. Um, and for me, I, I really hope that what we're able to show is possible inside of React and other frameworks is very componentized little pieces that can go, that can bind it together to create larger experiences is that we have a huge need to be able to do that natively without, you know, without having to, you know, uh, rope a, uh, design or a, a framework around your neck. Because, you know, who knows, not everyone wants to use that. Who knows what's the environment's going to be like in five years and, and, and those types of things. So that's certainly my goal, my, uh, uh, my hope for the future. Um, I think there's a lot of interesting things that might come up in, in VR and AR and some of those other spaces. And I know, uh, I know Microsoft's been doing a lot of work um, with um, trying to create, I think even their, their lower level design system um, called Fluent right now um, has a lot of prescriptions about how things should work inside of uh, uh, augmented reality as well. But again, that's kind of pulling back. That's not literally how does a button look and how does button behave. It's a little bit more aesthetics and kind of going back to that voice kind of thing, though it's just more touch and feel or something. Because <laughs> we'll, we'll voice touch and feel inside of our style guides. Um, so that, I think that'll be uh, certainly coming in the next uh, several years. Yeah, I think I, like, I first learned about web components like several years ago, and um, I was not happy because <laughs> I, I guess I didn't really understand it. I think it was like too early for me to, to, to grok what it is. But now like web components, I'm like, I'm starting to come around to it. Like, oh yeah, okay, I guess, you know. But um, but yeah, I think the whole like being too ingrained with CSS probably is holding me back from, from realizing it's, future potential but that but yeah but i feel like you know once the browser you know gets better and better with it and probably assumes like more things natively for the css i think i'm pretty yeah, once we can start defining our own functionality defining our own html elements that just work natively in the browser um and then you can wrap those inside of re your react or angular application it, i think it's going to work a whole lot better but uh, from looking at the spec right now there's a long ways to go and and i, I know they're working on it and i'm yeah. excited to kind of see where that goes yeah, not, not, not to poo-poo or anything, because like, there's a lot of work to be done, uh, and I'm excited to see what happens there. Right. Well, I'm excited uh, for design systems in general, because I feel like 
you know, just, you know, just from the print world, there's just a lot of ways uh, with design systems that they, they like a print style guide, you know, that we, they would have, um, you know, for companies, you know, I, I would see these style guides like, yeah, they look beautiful, but however, you know, when these, you know, uh, agencies or organizations that you never heard of, you know, which is a great, your story about how you're at this conference and some, someone comes up to you and is like, thank you so much for, for building this, Micah, this was great, you know, for, for your team, building it and implementing it right away. I think that's like, it just shows you like how much uh, time and energy was not wasted compared to before, like uh, in, in growing up, uh, you know, with, with the web and going to college with the web and, and seeing all these uh, colleges build their own websites that didn't follow a style guide. And then, and then going, going back to school for a master's and realizing that's still a problem. (laughs) So, um, so I'm really hopeful that, you know, this kind of all this stuff, like with the JSON and even the YAML, part that you brought up uh, with your designers uh uh gina like that makes me excited because again was a little bit easier to read for for designers you know no knock on designers but uh <laughs> but uh, yeah so that makes me excited <laughs> yeah so but yeah so that's really excited so i think the future is really great so well i appreciate you guys uh being on the show but uh hey but I can say, I, yeah can i plug a design system slack right now <laughs> yes please do yeah okay, ask yeah how people can yeah. find you yeah. Yeah. Um, th- it's a really good Slack. There's like, gosh, I think last I checked over 2,700 people in there mm-hmm. that are just super into uh, design systems. So yeah. if you go to designsystems.herokuapp.com, mm-hmm. um, you put in your email, it'll automatically send you an invite into the community. Right. So. And I, I highly, highly recommend it because you get because um, you just dive in and see what, what's going on. And that's actually like, that's where I first learned about that whole term design tokens. And I was like, mm-hmm. what the heck are design tokens? <laughs> <laughs> nice. So I definitely recommend to keep, keep on tabs with that. So how else can people uh, uh, follow you on the internet and give you money and all sorts of things? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm on Twitter as Gina, J-I-N-A. Um, I am going into consulting, so you can give me money that way. <laughs> Or come to my conference, uh, Clarity. Uh, it's in November in November in San Francisco, so it's a design systems conference. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> right, and Micah, how can people get a hold of you? Sure. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Micah Godbolt. Um, check out my blog, micahgodbolt.com. Uh, there's lots of links there to um, past talks and blog articles I've written elsewhere and um, book that I wrote on design systems and all those fun things. Uh, but upcoming, um, I will be at CSS DevConf in New Orleans this fall. Um, doing a talk on um, this whole design systems 2.0 uh, concept, as well as doing a workshop, a uh, full day workshop, um, getting you in the trenches and building out a design system from scratch and uh, just kind of seeing what the whole thing is about. Cool. So um, that's a great way to give me some money and <laughs> have a lot of fun at the same time. <laughs> All right, cool. And your book. Your book. Yes, yes your book. Yeah, your, <laughs> yeah, yes. Front end architecture for design systems. Check yes. it out. Yes, it's a great book. Uh, uh, bias because I. Help check it too, but anyway, <laughs> it's right. your fault. I wrote it <laughs> exactly that too. So, uh, uh, congratulations! <laughs> so, uh, thanks. so thank, thank you both for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Cool. Yep, thanks for having us. Cool.